This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Good morning. Okay, welcome back, folks. Ooh, Java. Man, oh man, oh man, how's it going in Mississippi? Because I am a long ways away. Yeah, it's 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 good here in uh, Mississippi, man. The fall, the fall temperatures have really kicked in. But I just saw like a, a social media post like this is the false fall, and we got another quick summer coming. <laughs> well, there's, there's actually a name for it, you know, and it's not politically correct anywhere, but it's called Indian summer. You know, we always get a little cold snap, and then it warms back up. All, but usually it happens about halfway through the state fair, so we're a little bit early, aren't we? Yeah, we really are, because this is that uh, kind of state fair snap, which is uh, about a couple weeks, a couple two weeks away. Yeah. Well, I'm on the road as usual. As a matter of fact, you and I are going to be on the road next week. We're going to be broadcasting live with an audience and everything at the Max and Meridian. You looking forward to, to to taking a little drive? Yeah, yeah. The the Max at the in Meridian is a is a great facility. Can't wait to get back outside in that big. Uh, I guess I want to call it a front porch because that's really kind of what it turns into. Um, but their courtyard and, uh, you know, have the audience out there ready to, you know, talk some gardening. Yeah, we've done it before. They've got a really cool little broadcasting studio, and we've done it from there before. But this is going to be where folks can just uh, bring up a chair. or No, they'll actually have chairs around. And if you want to bring a plant or something to swap, but it's going to be outside, but it's undercover, and it's a really cool place, the Max right by the train station in Meridian. And me and Java are going to be broadcasting the Gestalt Gardener live from there. Speaking of live, I'm in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And Java, I got to tell you, I finally found something that's the same color as the nasty inside of my coffee cup, and it's Hershey chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not I'm, we're not being sponsored. I'm headed up towards uh, uh, to, to New England uh, this weekend. I'm staying with an old friend of mine named Roger Swain. A lot of people remember Roger, the Register Spinners guy from uh, the Victory Garden. He and I go way, way, way back, and he's doing some apple harvesting. They're going to be making cider from a hundred something year old. Uh, apple cider press, and I'm driving up to help them out with the cider press. Okay. And, well, uh, you know, picking pick apples. I mean, beautiful fall colors. It's in the 40s. Ooh, it's just, it, it, it's, it's unreal. Well, yeah, we're not too, we weren't too far from the 40s um, earlier this morning. Of course, it's going to warm up. But um, we got some early, we got an early caller, um, Felder, if you're ready, ready to talk. talk. Well, that's, 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 that's it's, a, it's a party, so let's do it. All let's right. Well, let's go <laughs> to um, John and Jackson. Good morning, John. How you doing, man? Oh, it's the season. It's the season. Praise the gourd. It's almost <laughs> back a lantern time. Praise the gourd? <laughs> Praise the gourd, indeed. It's even here in Mississippi beginning to feel like Halloween. So, well, just for, just for, a matter of fact, now this is really odd, but my cheesy tune today is about scarecrows, which technically we associate scarecrows with fall. They're not scarecrows, they're harvest figures this time of year. But anyway, what's, what's, what's on your mind, John? 
Well, of course, it's much too late for planting this year. But in your opinion, what are the best pumpkin varieties for do-it-yourself jack-o'-lanterns? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, there's so many good varieties. I like the little miniature ones because you can take a Sharpie pen and, you know, and, uh, and a paper clip and hang them, just, you know, make face of them, hang them anywhere. But, you know, they get, it's hard for us to do the giant uh, 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 pumpkin thing like they do out in California and England. In cooler climates, they can grow the great big giant ones. But here, you know, they've got some really cute little small ones. There's just there's one called Big Macs. You know, so oh, there's right. so many different varieties, and I'm a gourd person. You know, I like to grow gourds because, you know, they grow the same way. You can grow them as a uh, as an arbor, so you don't have to worry about having to move the vines and mow. And, um, you know, you can, right around time for, for Halloween and, and harvest, you can draw faces on them and then dry them and turn them into birdhouses or dippers or whatever. But too, too many different varieties of gourds for me in the pumpkins. So uh, what I would suggest it may be too late to plant this year, but I was at the farmer's market downtown Jackson the other day, and they got lots. All right. You know, one of the things I love about gardening are the decorations you can make. That's the rising. That's, 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 that's what but they that, say in the steel magnolia. The only thing that separates us from, from animals is our ability to accessorize. Absolutely, and the decorating season is almost there. Happy Halloween, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. All righty. That was um, uh, get us off to a rousing start, but uh, let's go up to Olive Branch now and talk with Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. How you doing? Just fine. Good. What's up? Uh, let me get this radio turned down. Let me ask you something. used to be when you call in, I hear him talking on the phone. Now I don't. It's just blank. Is that my phone or y'all's? I don't know. I don't know, Java. Uh, we're going to have to look into that, but I, I don't okay. know. The, the last okay. one So anyway, okay. so, so, so you can't hear when, when we're talking, all it is is blank, and then all of a sudden that right. goes and pops on. And then y'all pop on just like that. The last two times I've called, that's happened. Well, let's, let's see if, if somebody else calls in that they've heard the same problem, and if it's more than you, then it ain't just you. Okay. Okay. Well, my real question was, uh, yesterday I bought a Cheyenne Spirit. Is that what it's called? Coneflower? Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's big. And by the time I got it home by this morning, you know, the middle is wilting. And it's, I've noticed I went out this morning. But anyway, it is packed in there. It's probably root down. Should I even uh-huh. try to separate it now or just let it finish blooming and do it? Well, you know, it's when they're in bloom, that's when they're their 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 least their their weakest period. And if you okay. if you loosen up the roots right now, then that's gonna interrupt the flowers a little bit. You know, so I'd enjoy it while you can and just as soon as uh, it stops blooming or we get some cold or something, go ahead and, and loosen it up and plant it then. But I I, I wouldn't okay. necessarily while it's in full bloom. Okay, well, I've got it sitting in water now, trying to revive it. <laughs> All righty, well, 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 good luck on it. I mean, by the way, we can do okay. it loud and clear. Okay, well, thank you. I hear you now. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right, thanks for your call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, uh, 
By the way, Java, I sent in a picture to go with our podcast today that I, I took uh, of my MPB coffee cup and some Hershey chocolate. And we're not sponsored by Hershey. I'm just, I, I just happened to, you know, I was driving down the interstate saying I need a place to stay tonight, and I smelled my way to here. But uh, I took my coffee cup, surrounded with some Hershey chocolates, which is the same color as the inside of my coffee cup. You know how nasty it is. But I also put uh, some beautiful fall wildflowers, native plants, some beautiful, be- brilliant red foliage of a Virginia creeper, uh, some white bone set, some goldenrod. And if you want to see a picture of it, you can either go to, uh, after we're done for the podcast later, or I posted a picture of it on Mississippi Gardening Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, go to Mississippi Gardening Facebook. You can see a picture of this thing with the MPB cup that is now well-traveled. Yeah, I can't wait for the, um, you know, the flower, uh, not the flowers, but the leaves down here um, in Mississippi to turn this red color because that is just a true, you know, true definition of the of the fall season, which I guess has already happened up there in Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, when I was uh, uh, when I was walking into the program to the studio last week, I noticed that some of the poison ivy starting to show a little bit of yellow poison ivy. And sumac are, are both native, are terrific fall colors. The poison ivy is beginning to show a little color, but, but there's a there's something about the leaves of the trees are starting to look kind of faded. You know, they're not as vibrant at all, and it's not because of all the dust in the air, uh, but they're starting to fade a little bit, telling me that they're starting to seal off. What a lot of people don't realize is plants seal off their leaves uh, to, in preparation for fall, and that's triggered by shortening days. And then as the leaves use up the stuff that's stored in them, the green chlorophyll goes first. And all those colors that are out there are out there right now. They're just covered up by green. And as the leaves get sealed off by trees and shrubs, that green uh, starts to fade away, and we start seeing the underlying colors. But it is started. So anyway, let's go down to uh, Hattiesburg and talk with Lisa. Morning, Lisa. How are you? Good morning. I had a question. When I was a kid, and I'm not a kid anymore, but when I was a kid, my grandmother used to have spider lilies in her, uh, around her home. And they're so pretty this time of year. Do they come right. from a bulb or a seed or? No, it's, it's, it's a bulb. It looks like a daffodil bulb. And, um, and, and their leaves come up in the, they're already starting to grow roots. They start growing roots in late September, October, November, and the leaves poke up and it looks sort of like striped monkey grass. Green yeah. monkey grass, just a faint stripe, and th- those leaves grow all winter long and then die down, and the flower just pops up in in September and October. So it's a bulb, and they multiply. So if you see some that are blooming, this is a good time to to dig them because they haven't started. First of all, you know where they are, uh, but they haven't right. started growing their leaves yet. So if you dig some while they're in bloom. Use the flower as a cut flower. Put it in a vase or something, and then transplant them. They'll come up in your yard and do great this time next year. Well, you never see bulbs, or maybe I just don't see them at, like, the feed and seed stores or gardening. Do you have to order them? Well, y- yes, you can order them. And if you're going to order them, you'll start seeing they got not on And, by the way, the, these red spider lilies go by a bunch of different folk names. Uh, the uh-huh. Latin name is Lycoris Ly- radiata. That's not important. But there's there are several other species. I've got some that are pale, sort of a peachy, not quite pink, peachy color. I've got some yellow ones. There's some white ones. Uh, so there's all different kinds besides the, the real popular common red one. So if you go online to order um, spider lilies or Lycoris for sale, then or if you just Google red spider lily, you'll get the Latin name. There's places that offer some really interesting old-fashioned varieties. 
Okay, I appreciate it. All righty, thank you for your call. Bye-bye. And, uh, you know, I was out in Texas last week. Whew, hard to believe, but before this week, next week is over, I'll have driven uh, around 5,000, 500, 600 miles, over 5,500 miles. I was out in Texas last week, stayed with my friend Greg Grant, and uh, he he gave me some uh, some bulbs of, of a really pretty golden spider lily. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of those kind of things around, and we like to share stuff. So we're going to take a real quick break and come back with more live calls. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We'd like to mention real quick that there's a native plant sale this weekend, and it's going to be at the... Uh, Oh, I forgot the name of the place. It's the, uh, the, the, the Pascagoula River Ottoman Center in Moss Point. Pascagoula River Ottoman Center. Wonderful native plant sale. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. The original Southern Remedy is available as a podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. You can email a question to remedy at mpbonline.org. The doctor is always in on the original Southern Remedy. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. I had to. I, I know, man. <laughs> I am on the road, man. I spent a lot of time. But, you know, this is what I do, you know. Uh, I try to take stuff. It's what I was trained at Mississippi State to do, not just horticulture. But when I was in extension horticulture, my job was to take stuff out to the people. And if i got to get in my truck or car to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, I mentioned that the Audubon, uh, Pascagoula River Audubon Center is having a native plant sale. It's actually uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, uh, or, no, it's I don't know. Anyway, it's today and tomorrow for sure. Uh, and the uh, the Pascagoula River Audubon Center is uh, is on Main Street. When you get down to Pascagoula, it's right across from the Riverfront Community Center, about a block or so away. But uh, anyway, if you swing by there, tell them I said hey. So uh, meanwhile, let's do what we're here to do, and I yak with folks about gardening. We're going to slide up to the Delta, talk with Bill in Greenwood. Good morning, Bill. How you doing? Oh, hi, Phil. Are you back from merry old England now? I've been back from England, been to Texas back, and I'm up in New New England right now, about a thousand <laughs> miles from Mississippi. What's, what's up? What can we help you wow. with? Wow, you, you're sounding so good and clear. I got two questions for you, Phil. The lady was talking about a Cheyenne flower, a purple cone flower. Is that a yep. different variety where they're bigger? It's not. It's not so. Much, it's a, it's a different cultivar. You know, a lot of people they they hybridize these plants or they discover uh, chance seedlings in a while and they propagate them by division or cutting. It doesn't come true to seeds, is what I'm saying. But yeah, there are oh. there are so many different kinds of what we call purple cone flowers that are white, red, pink, golden, yellow, purple, all different colors of what we call purple cone flower. The, the native species. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, the other thing, uh, you know, I was riding around yesterday, and I have not seen any of those spider lilies anywhere. And I just happened to ride about an old part of town. And this lady, uh, she had a yard full of She had them all, you know, lined up in different areas. And, and they yeah. were just all way up doing, you know, fine. I, I, I thought it was kind of unusual. Isn't this kind of early? No, no, this is when they not? do it. Uh, <laughs> 
No, this is, you know, uh, mid to late September, first part of October, uh, I've got some blooming in a pot that I forgot to plant last year, and they're both sitting in a pot, and they're in full bloom. Uh, but, you know, this, this is the time of year when they do that. And typically when somebody's got them, they like to divide them and move them and shred them around, and usually they share with other people. But it's hard to find them commercially. Uh, some garden centers care, but they usually sell the what I call the sexier plants, the daffodils and tulips and stuff like that. But uh, they're around. Yeah, well, you know, can you find these pass-along plants on the Internet anywhere, or how do you find oh, pass-along plants? Pass-along plant is a, is a phrase that uh, Steve Bender uh, and I see for Southern Living. We coined it for for our book called Pass-along Plants, and, and it's just a it's a phrase. They're just uh, you know they're the kind of plants that everybody grows and nobody buys. You get them from each other. So uh, any kind of heir, heirloom plant that's grown and shared with other people that uh, be, is a pass-along plant. And so in, in any kind of plant like that can be a pass. If it's easy to propagate. Is easy to share. Oh, well, okay, right, Bill. Man. I sure enjoy your show. Bye bye. Appreciate. It. Thanks for being part of it. I'm gonna slide over to Bahelia. Good morning, David. What's up, man? Good morning. Hey, uh, I got a question for you. Uh, yeah. I've got uh, I've got poison ivy vines growing up my trees. I, I live up here in in Bahelia, Mississippi. Right. And. Uh, I've got them growing up my trees. Now, I had a couple trees where the vines, I had some almost three-inch vines growing up them, and the, the trees died. And is it going to hurt my trees? Because I notice that they've got, like, tentacles into my bark and stuff on, on some of them. And I've still got some vines that are over two inches. I want to go around and cut them. And, and cut them off my trees, but I didn't want to kill the trees because I'm I'm cutting the vines. Is it going to hurt yeah. the trees to cut? No, this this is a really good question. Uh, but uh, poison ivy, Virginia creeper, uh, English ivy, those kind of vines, they grow roots, arrow roots that help them grab onto stuff. They don't grow into the tree, so they're they'll be wrapped around bark, but they can they can get in in the mortar mix of bricks or. You know, so they're 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 looking for something to hang on to. They don't grow in the tree like a parasite, like mistletoe. Um, so if you wanted to get rid of it, uh, the, the way you do is take a hatchet and chop, make two cuts. Uh, uh, you know, a, a half an inch or inch or so apart. In other words, take a section out of it so it doesn't graft. It. Don't just chop it because it might you know graft back together. So make right, that, that's know, what I was going to do. I got a little uh, ten-inch chains electric chainsaw, and I was going to just take like a two-foot chunk out of it. Wait, wait, wait! Are you allergic to poison ivy? No. As a matter of fact, the last time I did it with the tree that got killed, uh, I did it with my big chainsaw, and it sprayed it all over my face. And that's the first time uh-huh. I ever got a small reaction from it but (laughs) you take a a chainsaw you're gonna throw that oil every every, it's gonna get into everything uh and by the way my grandmother was in her late 40s before she had her first reaction the people at university medical center say that that nobody is immune to it sooner or later we can all lose our resistance to it and start getting even old so anyway let me a couple of things first of all if the if the tree isn't near your house if it's not near where you stay why not leave it? It is a beautiful fall color native plant. It doesn't hurt anything. So if it's not affecting you directly, why not use it as a companion to your trees? Doesn't kill the tree, and it's it's all for pretty and it's a host 
for all sorts of native wildlife, you know, butterflies and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, if you could leave it, just enjoy it. And if you got to cut it, let's wait till after you at least enjoy the fall colors. Well, yeah, I, I you know, I, I've got it in a lot of my trees, and it's killed a couple of them already. No, 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 and, no, 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 no. It, it, no, no. It does not kill trees. I'm real sure of this. So there's something else that they're killing the tree. The poison ivy just happens to be there. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't kill trees. That's a, that's a tree. That's, that's, well, it took over all up in the upper part of it. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm that, that kudzu can completely shade a tree, and 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 and, sh- and shade it there. The poison ivy is not going to completely cut. In, anyway, if you got to get rid of, it, at least wait for the fall colors. Come on. All right. Well, I know I'm not <laughs> doing it. You know, until probably winter. But uh, yeah. I, right now, I don't even have time to to deal with yeah, it. This gotcha. I dealt with the other one uh, a year or two ago. Uh, yeah. So well, it take take okay. a second out of the take a second and uh, now get this when you cut that 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 root, you know, the stem in the spring, the the part that's left on the ground is going to sprout back out. And you know, if you want to just let it start back over again, that's fine. But if you want to kill it roots and all, uh, when it sprouts out the new growth down close to the ground next spring, a brush or spray some Roundup on the new leaves. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't have as far to go to kill the roots, and the Roundup's not going to hurt your tree trunks or anything. But let it sprout back out. Right. Middle of the late spring, hit it with some Roundup, and that'll kill it roots and all. I've done that many times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, appreciate your call, David. Appreciate thank you so much. It. All right, all right. You know, Java, maybe I shouldn't be getting in all in everybody else's business, giving them advice they didn't ask for. I don't know. What do you think? Well, no, that's you. I mean, you were giving him kind of the straight facts because I think that was maybe a a, a myth where poison ivy kills the trees, and you know we don't want the trees. So yeah, I mean, well, you know, I I get I get rid of almost all of it in my garden because I'm so allergic to it. But I but my neighbor's got some on some trees, and I leave it alone because it's pretty, and I can see it from my yard without having to get too close to me. But Anyway, I'm just trying to throw out alternatives. You know, education is more than just answering and throwing facts around. Sometimes it's making people think, and that's what MPB is called, Think Radio. And I did learn something about the poison ivy oil. So it's not really like the leaves or the plant. It's the oil from the plant. Yeah, and uh, and on a hot day, that oil can volatize and blow off of leaves. I mean, but all parts of it is oily. And, uh, you know, you can even get a serious case of poison ivy in the middle of the winter from handling the, the, the dried old branches and raking the leaves that are on the ground. And uh, a lot of people throw firewood in the fire uh, in the fall, and if it's got poison ivy on it, the smoke can irritate your lungs and actually kill you. Oh, wow. Some, yeah, that's some weird stuff. But it does have pretty tall color. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little give and take, a little give and yeah. take. Hey, let's, let's, here we're going to behave you, but let's slide up a little bit further north up to South Haven. Good morning, Rebe- uh, Becca. How are you this morning? Good morning, Felder. Doing well. How are you? Good. So uh, hang on just a second. I'm broadcasting a program. I'll be done about 11. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we just, All right. How, how, Somebody how, doesn't know that. <laughs> what was, what was that, Felder? It was a land chart. No, it was housekeeper wanting to know why I'm still in the room. I'm thinking, because I'm having fun. You know, hey, <laughs> now, no double entendre here, but I'm having fun with Becca in a hotel room in Pennsylvania. Oh, mercy. <laughs> oh, mercy. Okay, I take All it right. back. I take it back. 
Look, I am a comeback gardener because I used to listen to you when we lived in Pearl. And I'll tell you about when it was because I know you remember because it's so much work. Y'all put in some kind of boardwalk at the Jackson Zoo. Oh, boy, that's been a long time ago. That was a fun project, too. I I wish they kept it up. Yeah, but anyway, um, that was when I used to listen to you before. And during COVID, I got back to gardening because I was stuck at the house. And this yard has so much shade, and I didn't worry with it too much. But anyway, um, you used to talk a lot about pennyroyal. Yeah. That being the main plant that would repel mosquitoes. And I hadn't heard you talk about it since then. So, well, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, there's just so many plants just randomly talk. If somebody wants, you know, if they ask me about good mosquito repellent plants, you know, that's when I mention it. But basically, pennyroyal is a, it's a mint. It's in a mint family, and it grows like a ground cover. It gets kind of thick. Uh, it's, it's too strong. We don't drink it like a tea. As a matter of fact, it's a, it, it, it can be, it can be almost poisonous. It's so strong. But it's a, it's a mint relative. It grows well in the light shade of the sun, but you have to brush it on you. You know, you have to get the oil on you for it to have a mosquito repellent effect. So it's just like, it so a lot of people like, just use, what? Seems like all of them that have any kind of mosquito repellent effect, that's what you have to do. And I just thought maybe the listeners, I know it's like one somebody said before, it's too late to plant many of them. But what else is a good mosquito repellent? I think it'd be good well, to have right by your back porch where you'd step on it or something. Yeah, and, and, and that's the key. There's, you know, any kind of, 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 of herb, uh, oily herb that's got a real pungent uh, uh, thing, uh, even rosemary, but uh, the mint, pennyroyal, uh, those kind of things, you know, if you rub the leaves on, or, or just rub your rub the leaves in your hands, and rub your hands on yourself, that puts that oil on there, and that deters mosquitoes. Throws their little chemical sensors off. But I tell you a really interesting plant. If you ride around town, do you know what American Beautyberry is by any chance? Yes, yes. Okay, it's got those. We're talking those about that. Golf, yeah, they got golf ball size clusters of purple magenta looking berries right now. The leaves right. of that are really good mosquito repellents. You just rub them on your arms. Now, what some people do is they crush them up, pour a little alcohol, shake it up really, really good, let it sit overnight, and you just rub that on them. But uh, it's a great native uh, uh, mosquito repellent if you put it on you. Right. So that seems, you were saying something about um, Artemisia. And the main yeah. thing you don't say is um, citronella is not as much as it gets uh, marketed as. No, the the citronella is a type of scented geranium, and all of those, if you rub them on you, get the oil on you, they will they, they'll have a mis- re- repellent effect. But they start a, this just happens to be a scented geranium. They come in different, you know, lemon, uh, rose. They get all different kinds of scented foliage. This one smells like citronella, and they so they market it as a mosquito plant. It, having a plant out there will not m- do anything for mosquitoes. You got to rub it on you. All right. Well, so you still believe in pennyroyal, though? It's not a matter of believing in it. I follow the science, and the science is okay. you know, those kind of punch it all repel mosquitoes. It interferes with their with the chemical sensors. They don't have a nose, but they have these little chemical sensors. Uh, it's just like they're attracted to some. They're attracted to carbon dioxide when we exhale. That's how they find where we are. You know, they 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 can so they're attracted to some uh, chemical sense, and they're repelled by others. That's why people say if you're wearing cologne or perf or eat too much sugar, 
it attracts them. I've yep. heard of that. All yep. right. You know, they're, so, they're, it's, 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 all, it's all about chemicals, just like when we taste chocolate. I can tell real chocolate from, from, from coffee, even though they're both bitter, because one's got sugar and one doesn't. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to stick with my penny royal, and I worked hard to get it established, and you're not talking about it. it. I'm like, okay, well. Well, you know, still it, out there. It, it, wait a second. Talked about it twenty, thirty years ago. You planted it. We're done. Well, I talked about it. Before. You're already convert. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to start a movement. Maybe <laughs> it, it is a good plant. It's an awfully good ground cover, though. Yeah, it is, and it stays flat. Unlike the other mints, the other mints they right. grow up, you know, knee high, and the penny royal stays flat. You step yeah, on it. All- and- the only thing that I want to caution people about, pennyroyal is a mint, uh, but it's very powerful, and it's not to be used like a tea, like other mints. Right. So, you know, it's just a little warning thing. Anyway, Beck, I, re- I really appreciate your call. All right. Well, it's good talking to you, and you enjoy Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm on my way to New Hampshire. You, you remember the Victory Garden with, and Roger Swain with the red suspenders? Right, it was on um, HGTV. It was on PBS for a while. PBS, that's right. It was. It still is. Anyway, Roger was a long time uh, host of uh, the Victory Garden. I'm. Uh, they're having an apple harvest and a cider making thing, so I'm going up there spend a little time with him. Well, so anyway, we said hey from Mississippi. <laughs> Thank you. Right, I'm taking bye-bye. some fig preserves and some Smith County watermelons. See ya. <laughs> Uh, Java, I'm not making that up. I got Smith County watermelons and some uh, some uh, Mississippi grown tomatoes. I got some parts peanuts, and I got some homemade fig preserves. You know, we'll teach those Northerners that they're down all about maple syrup. Well, you can always uh, tell a good friend because they come bearing gifts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was raised right. Anyway, <laughs> that, that, you know, a couple of three weeks ago, we got interrupted by a broadcasting through a lady's hearing aid. This week it was being interrupted by the lady wanting to kick me out of my hotel room when I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm horticulture spelled to Russia. Maybe I'm having too much fun. I don't know. But anyway, the, the Pascagoula uh, River Audubon Center is having a plant sale down in Moss Point this weekend. A lot of other stuff going on, but if there's some things I can help you promote, that's what we do here at MPB. We turn it into a big old party. We're going to take a break, listen to some cheesy music, and come back with your live calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. Talk Gardener on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You got a call? You want to talk about something? Uh, I'm here to, to to do that. I won't try to sell anything. I will throw some stuff out though. It is a great time to be planting fall vegetables. It's a little bit late for some of them because we're going to get a frost or freeze within a couple of months. 
Uh, but if you want to set out some leaf, throw seeds of lettuce and kale and mustards and turnips and all those things on some bare dirt, main thing is don't sow the seeds too thick. If the plants come up thick, they won't make roots. They crowd each other out. So, so sow them really, really thinly, uh, or even come back later with some scissors and snip out the extra plants. Each plant has its own little elbow room. Uh, you can eat the thinnings, by the way. Uh, if you have a hard time spreading little seeds over a big area, mix them with something like some grits or some sand or something uh, because it's easier to spread a big volume uh, if you'll dilute the seeds or something like that. That just makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, let's uh, let's slide over to Madison and see what Sarah's up to. Morning, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you doing? So far, so good. Um, Not so bad. I'm having trouble all summer with um, the daughter vine and um, my blackberries and raspberries, and I've pulled and I've pulled, and now they've started um, making little flowers and dropping seeds. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's a weird plant. Yeah. Um, but it's also spreading into the woods kind of behind my house, and so I didn't know yeah. how concerned or how hard I should work to get it. Well, first of all, I know what you're talking about. Tell, describe daughter in your words to other folks, D-O-D-D-E-R. <laughs> Tell them what you're talking about. It is such, it's a cool plant, but it can be, it can really irritate you and get you into blackberry. What, what, how do you tell people it's, what to tell them it looks like? It's an orange parasitic vine that um, wraps around your plant, and um, it kind of sucks all the energy out of the plant. But I tried horticulture vinegar. I've tried everything, and it would kill the plant, but not the vine. <laughs> I right, was like, right. and it almost well, looks like little spaghetti, like orange. Yeah, that's what I tell. It looks like yellow or kind of an orange vermicelli, real fine spaghetti. It doesn't have leaves. it got tiny little flower clusters, and it is a true parasite. It grows roots into plants just like a mistletoe. Here's the problem. What will kill it will kill other plants. Right. And you know, and so the only thing really you can do is just pull it as best you can. If you get the worst of it out, you know, one year, and then next year, just as it shows up, you know, pull it before it has a chance to get established. So the the first pulling uh, is the worst work. The second and third pulling are the most important. They get easier, but if you stay on top of it, you can get rid of it. So over the winter time, uh, you can you know do that. Here's another thing with you. You don't have to worry about it getting down to the woodside. It's not going to take over like kudzu, uh, and usually it's not going to kill a lot of host plants or else it dies too. You know, that's sort of the nature. It will try to work it out. So in your blackberries, if you can keep it off the new growth next year, then as soon as you get through picking, you can snip out the old canes because they're not going to produce anyway. Blackberries produce one year or what? What grows this year will have berries next year, and then it just turns into into just briar. So if you'll make a, 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 a habit of just keeping it up, next summer when you're harvested, pull it, cut down all the old stuff, and then pull any that you can find that's left on the new stuff, and you'll get most of it that way. But there, there's no spray that's going to kill it that won't kill this host plant. Right. The other question I had is when I mail order bulbs, they the companies choose when to send them, depending right. on what zone. Right. And so I'm getting bulbs right now, and then I haven't gotten some bulbs, but what's your rule of thumb in daffodils oh. when to plant? 
Mississippi. Well, well, spring blooming bulbs, they, they, they start growing roots about now. If you go out and, you know, for example, those red spider lilies out there are a good indicator. They grow in with daffodils, and they're already starting to grow roots, and they'll put up leaves later. So as long as they have a chance to get some roots and leaves before it gets really, really cold, uh, they'll do fine. So the earlier the better. Late September, okay. October, first part of November. Um, you, have you ordered any tulips? Yes, none of those have come in yet. Okay, here's the deal with tulips. Unless your company sells them as pre-chilled, okay, if they're not pre-chilled, slip them in the refrigerator for five or six weeks. You can play, and they're a one-shot thing. They're not going to come back. Right. So you can plant them as late as Valentine's Day. Pull them out of the refrigerator, stick them in pots of the ground, and uh, and they'll still bloom. So, but but they really need pre-chilling. And since they're sort of one-shot thing, what I like to do is stick a few in pots. Um, that way, there it, it was some dap- some uh, pansies and other you know little things like that, some parsley, some some pretty stuff with it. That way, they're easier to pull up, get rid of next year. But anyway, pre-chill the tulips only. Don't pre-chill anything else, and plant them as soon as you can. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. All right. Hey, good luck on the daughter. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, daughter, she's talking about one of the weirdest plants. It looks like orange vermicelli. Somebody just threw on top of plants, and it wraps around. You know, it's real skinny little orange stuff. It's a weird plant. It's a parasite. But anyway, what a what a what a weird world it is. Yeah, I knew it was something when you told her to explain it because, like, it was something that a lot of people might not have known. And what do you mean when you say a parasitic plant? A uh, parasitic plant grows roots into a plant and gets its nutrients and water from that plant. It doesn't have its own, it can't make its own food. Uh, mistletoe, for example, you can break mistletoe off of, off a tree all you want to, but it's going to sprout right back out because it's got roots. If you can imagine putting your your hand around your wrist and imagine your fingers going up under your skin, that's way that's what that's what mistletoe does. The tree it grows roots under the bark and gets its nutrients. And it can't grow. You can't pull it off and stick it in a pot and grow on its, its own. Wow! And there's a lot of there's a lot of plants that grow on plants that don't have roots in them, like Spanish moss and that little that little green fern that dries up when it gets dry. But there's lots of epiphytes that live in and on trees. But mistletoe and dodder are plants that actually grow into plants and get their nutrients from. They're like they're like leeches. Okay. <laughs> Well, we have a full full bank of calls, uh, Felder. Let's keep going. Let's go to uh, Kimball, who's on the road, who's been holding patiently. Good morning, Kimball. Morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from? I am calling from uh, somewhere on the Natchez Trace between Jackson and Corinth. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got a signal because they ain't always got a signal up there. What can we help you with? I know. You know who I am, right? Yeah, Kimball. Okay. You live, you, you anyway, live right up the street from you live right up the street from the crazy gorilla gardener. Yes, yes, gorilla gardener is that his nickname? I didn't know that. That's a good no, one. No, no, Go, like. no, no. G G E U gorilla. Uh, he he's gardening on uh, Jesse Anthony. He's gardening on property that's not his. They call him yeah. gorillas, like, gor- like gorilla warfare. <laughs> oh, what's up? What's up, lady? What can I help you with? Got a question. My this black thumbed girl was trying been trying for two years to grow a lime. I know it's not, uh, you know, the climate up here. I've been taking it in in the winter and trying to get as much sun as possible. Yeah. And uh, from the last two years, and the thing was a year and a half old uh, when I got it. 
and it's supposed to be producing by now. So my question is, are the, I was told or I read on the thing that it was self-pollinating. Is that true or is it not it, true? It, Does it, it need it, another it, tree? It no, no. Uh, citrus are self-fertile, you know, but the trick is uh, they... they the you you have to jiggle the flowers, you know. Bees will work the flower. They're real fragrant. Bees it hadn't even the produced a flower yet. Yeah, well, see, that's just a matter of time, you know. Uh, it, okay. As long as you get sunshine a little bit, you got it in a big pot, right? Uh, actually, it's now in the ground. In <laughs> but I, I did have it in a pot so I could bring it up okay. and down. But once I was sure it was old enough to put it, I said, oh, I'm going to put it in the ground. Okay. Well, I, so it's yeah. out in the yard, and it gets... Uh, as much sun as it possibly can. It's over there next yeah. to Gorilla's Garden Garden. Well, well here's the deal. <laughs> Gorilla here's Garden's the deal. Garden. Here's the deal. They typically bloom in the late winter, and the and outside those flowers can freeze. I'm just saying that we don't grow limes and lemons up in central Mississippi because they freeze even on the coast sometimes. So it's not likely to do to survive unless you cover it up during the freeze. But anyway, it'll bloom in in the, in the late winter. And if it's got plenty of, uh, if it's got plenty of, uh, if some bees work the flowers and it, and it blooms, you should have some lemons. If it doesn't freeze, if I can, if uh, I can keep, if I can keep, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. So if I can keep the frost off of it, I know they don't like temperature under fifty degrees very much at all, much right, less right. freezing. Right. So, so that's all it is. Uh, it's giving it, giving it time, making sure it doesn't freeze. That, those are the two things for it. Okay. All right. But it is self-pollinating. Yep. If you shake it. <laughs> well, no, no. Out, outside, the wind the wind will do that. Bees will do it. So it, the, the main uh, thing you need to worry about is weather freezing. I tell Jesse to come out and help you cover it up. So, all right. All righty. Hands on, hands on the wheels. All right. Thank you, Felder. All righty. Who we got now, Sir Java? Uh, now we're going to talk to uh, John in Madison. Oh, okay. Elder, yeah. how are you doing today, my friend? So far, so good. What's up, man? Well, it's the end of the end of the work week, and we're looking at a great weekend to go out camping. You know, not so much a question, but a comment. You remember the old good old hints from Heloise? Well, this was some this was something I learned on a camp out with my son at a Boy Scout camp out, and I'm telling you, I was listening to a fellow talk about chopping uh, poison ivy. And one thing you want to remember is never throw poison ivy in a fire if you got somebody that might be allergic. Because I tell you what, we almost had a serious situation that day. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I mentioned a while ago that one of the first callers still had poison ivy in a tree. And, and I mentioned that uh, if you cut down wood that's got poison ivy on, don't throw it on the fire. Really good tip, though, man. Well, oh, have a safe down. weekend. Have a safe okay. weekend, my friend. I just really want to, you know, it's a great weekend to get out and enjoy this Mississippi environment. A cool night like tonight make a great night for a campfire. Let me ask you, how, how old is your boy now? You know, he's 30 in his fifth year, uh, fourth well, year at uh, residency at UMC. Well, the reason I'm saying because my son is an Eagle Scout, and we were doing something last year, I forget what it was, and he did something wrong. And I, I said, give me your token chip. I'm going to cut a corner of it off. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Well, all righty, man. You know, hey, watch out for the copperheads. They're out right now. All right, Felder. Let's continue because, like I said, we got a full bank. Let's go to uh, Meridian and talk with uh, Carla. Carla and Meridian. Good morning, Carla. Yes. How are you doing? Hello. Good morning, Felder. I'm doing well. Uh, Can you hear me? 
I can hear you. You know, we're, me and Chava are going to be in Meridian. Yeah, in Meridian. We, you know, and it starts at, at nine. So come on down sometime eight thirty or so, and and uh, and bring and bring a cup of coffee or something with you. We're going to have fun. It's at the max. We'll give it a round back under the big cover pavilion, and we're going to be live. So come on down. Well, I I appreciate that, and I was there the last time y'all were in Meridian. Unfortunately, I have to work this Friday, so that's well, one reason I'm calling you now. Well, spread the word. What can what can help us now? Well, you were mentioning the uh, American Beauty Berry, and I have tagged some out in the woods surrounding my home, and want to know when would be a good time. I want to move them into my yard, so when would it be a good time to dig them up and? transplant them into my yard well you know uh, fall or winter is going to be best and they're pretty good size these bloom on new growth so so cut it back and then move it and they'll sprout back out with no problems at all next year but after they drop their leaves fall winter time that's the best time to move a plant but again be sure to cut it back they'll bloom on new growth no, next year no problem okay well that that's what i thought but i wanted to get it from the from the, uh, the mouth of the knowledgeable one it's not the horse's mouth, it's a hort's mouth, a horticulture's mouth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Love your show. Bye-bye. Java, I'm looking forward to next week, man. We're going to be broadcasting you and me. It's going to be the Java Jive and Felder's uh, Follies next week at the at the match. Starts live at 9 o'clock. Well, it was, it, that, that was funny. I appreciate that, Carla, because she made you sound like a uh, a comic book character, Felder, the, the mouth of the knowledgeable one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got I got Hershey chocolate all around my mouth right now. But anyway, well, let's continue. We yeah, let's continue on the phones. We got Bill from uh, Neshoba County. Hang on, hang Hello on, there. hang on, hang on, just one second. Okay, I, I'm on a live radio. Bro- I'll be at eleven. A manager came by now. Felder, you got to hang up. You got to hang a sign on your door. <laughs> anyway, back to calls. What's up, man? Okay, I I have uh, two Celeste figs that I've trained into bushes, and they still have figs on them. Now, the last three or four weeks, I've been picking off the new ones, So, but I've got these big green ones, but they're not ripening. Is there something I can do to stimulate that, to make them ripen? Okay. Uh, uh, oddly enough, my phone dropped out. I was just saying I heard celestial, celestial, and then ripen. What was the in between stuff? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I've been picking off the the new figs for about a month, uh, yeah. and so I've got a bunch of big figs, but they've just been sitting there for a week, and none of them are ripening. And I'm just wondering uh, if there's you, some way to stimulate. Are you mean ripening after you picked them? No, I haven't haven't picked them. I mean, they're yeah. Some of them. Well, here's the yeah. I, I had some. I've I've got some figs on on my fig tree. You know, and it's usually this summertime yeah. is when they produce. A fig is a flower, and if something is affecting the tree's growth, the first thing to get affected are the flowers. So it could just be that because it's late, and, and mine are just sitting there. Uh, I expect yeah. mine to go ahead and ripen. It just takes a little bit longer because they ripen best in really hot weather. And with the days starting to get shorter, the trees are starting to shut down, that's going to slow down the flower production. That's what a fig is. So, um, you know, how long have you had this tree? Uh, this is the third year. This is the first uh, year that they're really producing any. Yeah. What, what will help a lot is this winter. 
sometime in the middle of the winter, if you'll follow the branches from the tip to where they started growing back in the spring, cut about uh-huh. half of that off. Cut about half of this year's growth back. And what sprouts off of this year's stubs next year will be more vigorous. It'll be branchier and bushier, and it'll be more likely to, to ripen those figs. So every year, cut the previous year's growth back about halfway sometime in the winter, and that really invigorates. Plus, it keeps it, it uh, compact and easier to pick. Okay. Uh, well, since you talked about cutting, my wife wants, would love for me to make one of them into a tree. Uh, yeah. If I can, I I mean the, the center of one of them is more vigorous than the rest of the tree. Can I just go yeah, ahead and you cut down all the, the rest of them? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you could train it up to do a tree. You know, I'm not going to be able to get the figs, but it's a pretty tree. It's just, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, just cut off what you don't want and leave what you do want. But, but when you do uh-huh. it, don't leave, any, don't leave any stubs. Whatever you cut, cut it flush with it, whatever it sprouted off of. That way it will heal right over and keep right on growing. Okay, so even though that would be se- severely cutting back the bush, yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 can hit a fig with a drunk driver pickup truck and sprout back out. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, winter winter time is the best time to prune them. Okay, I'll do it. Thank All you. right, appreciate it. What's up, Java? And that was our last caller. We got about a minute, a minute, a minute left, man. All those, uh, those interrupt, those interruptions. We got to get you a do not disturb sign on your door. <laughs> I could have had one, but I told the guy at the desk I'm going to be out at eleven. So anyway, the, I, I guess I got ratted out by the housekeeper. <laughs> that, that's okay. I'm a, uh, as soon as I get done, I'm gonna throw my my stuff in the in, in the car and grab me some uh, some more Hershey chocolate and head on up to visit Roger Swain former Victory Garden host, and uh, we'll be talking about some of the stuff that we're doing next week. But meanwhile, they've got this really cool native plant sale at the at the, the Audubon place down in, in Pascagoula, Pearl River uh, Audubon. It's, it's right across from the community center in Moss Point. Hope you all get a chance to get down there. If there's some, some things I can help promote over the next uh, a few weeks, let us know. Shoot us an email. We'll be glad to talk about it. Uh, meanwhile, it's a great weekend for planting. There's lots of cool season stuff. If you got bulbs, put the tulips in the refrigerator, put everything else in the ground. See some red spider lilies? This is the time to get them while you know where they are. Go ahead, with permission, of course, dig them up. And even if you do have permission, always put one or two bulbs back in the hole. Don't be greedy, okay? Uh, anyway, I'm Horticulture Spell Rushing, Java Chapman, my patient, patient producer. Uh, We're going to be back in Mississippi next week broadcasting live from the max. We start at 9 o'clock, so get there early. Let's have a good time. Come on down. Let's chat, meet with Java and me, and and we're just going to have fun. That's all it is, just going to have some fun. Because what we're trying to do is do what we do best, and that's help each other get dirty. Take a kid to a farmer's market this weekend. Take them to the garden center get a sack of balls. Get them involved, because this is what it takes to, to create new gardeners over the next forever and show them how to do what we do best how to plant stuff see y'all next week i'm broadcasting live from hershey pennsylvania next week meridian mississippi